Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I'm chatting with Jasmine Holmes about anger. As you guys are going to hear, anger is something that I admittedly wrestle with. I walked away from this conversation so encouraged by Jasmine's transparency and the way in which she just pointed me to Jesus. She said, By His grace, it's not something that you always have to be ruled by. You may always struggle with it, but you don't have to be ruled by it because your King is is Christ. So even as you struggle, He still has chip in your life and lordship over that anger. And that, that changes everything. So you'll know her a little better. Jasmine Holmes is a wife, mom, teacher, and speaker. She and her husband, Philip, have two sons, and they're members of Redeemer Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, before we get started, I've just got to acknowledge that the sound quality in this episode left some to be desired. (laughs) I was literally in a teepee, and Jasmine and I were both navigating kiddos in the background and all the realities of motherhood, but none of that detracted from what Jasmine had to share. Jasmine, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I have stalked you on Instagram, admittedly, and (laughs) I feel like I know you, which is probably very strange for you. Um, And I'm just so excited to sit in my little teepee here, my humble dwelling in the middle of my bedroom and get to chat with you about a topic that is near and dear to my heart these days with little people running around that you might hear in the background today. So welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. If people don't know you, if they haven't ever come across your writing online, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I am Philip's wife. My husband is a vice president over at Reform Theological Seminary of Communications. And I have two little boys. Um, one is three, Langston is eight, and we live in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm a writer. I'm actually in the midst of finishing up a book that's coming out in March. And I have a blog that has been a little bit neglected um, in this season of having an eight month old. I was about to say, like, why would that be, Jasmine? <laughs> I know. I, um, I'm also a teacher. And usually I teach two grades, three subjects for two different grades. And this year I kind of like took a step back and I'm only doing three subjects for one grade. And my boss jokingly was like, well, what are you going to do with all that extra time? <laughs> it's like, going to disappear. You're like, actually coming to work is my break. I know. I know. I'm like, this is my chance to just sit down off and sit down and (laughs) know that somebody's taking care of them. It's great. Oh, that's so great. What age do you teach? I teach eighth grade. Oh my goodness. I always say that was the dark age for me, but really, honestly, it was a sweet time in my walk with the Lord. Um, it was just a bit of a, an awkward kind of clunky year. I feel like for, for most humans walking through that 
prepubescent slash postpubescent stage. <laughs> completely, completely. I feel like I have a unique opportunity to kind of be like, hey, I know this is really hard, but I see the beauty in this. And also, I'm an awkward adult, so it's nice to be around awkward children. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, my people, my space. Oh, well, so you know, I don't find you awkward at all. And we're just elated to get to have you. I told you this before we hopped on the call, but I have read your works through the Gospel Coalition and I've read some of your Instagram posts and just been really encouraged by the way in which you uh, walk very authentically and share about your life and your faith and kind of like practical theology. So as I was brainstorming for this season, who I wanted to talk about anger, you came to mind and I don't really know a whole lot about your story and your own, I don't know if I can even say struggle, your relationship to anger, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear that from you. Could you tell us what is your relationship to anger and maybe explain to us a little bit about what anger actually is? Yeah, it was interesting when you reached out to me about this episode, because when I first got married to my husband, Philip, anybody who knew me would have been like, Jasmine doesn't really have a temper. She's kind of a people pleaser. She just kind of goes with the flow. And I would bend over backwards to make other people feel comfortable in a way that made people feel like I maybe didn't struggle with anger. And then I got married Mm. and I realized (laughs) that (laughs) deep deep in the recesses of who I was, was a capacity for tons of anger. (laughs) And it's so funny, like Philip will always just say like, wow, it's crazy. You are not, you are not the person that I thought that I was marrying. I love this person way more than the person that I thought that I was going to marry. So that's great. But I never knew that you could be so angry. I'm like, me neither. I had no idea. Isn't that strange when that happens and it like hits you and you're like, man, I didn't think I was an angry person. Totally, totally. I almost prided myself in not being an angry person. I can identify with that. Yeah, yeah. But my husband and my children just kind of brought it out. And for me, I think it started. So Philip and I, we met in April 2013. We didn't see each other for a whole year. Saw each other again in January of 2014. And by October of that same year, we were married. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) So it was just like... Life was a whirlwind. I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant in November. So like a month after we got married oh, and then we wow. had our first, Yeah. Yeah. We had our first miscarriage the very next month. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. It, it was hard. And I think that hardship of getting to know somebody and yes, being a mom and losing a baby and my family then moved to Zambia, like within a matter of months. And so it's just a lot of different things kind of shook up my life. And when they, when my life got shaken up, that anger kind of rose to the top. Mm, I feel that right now. (laughs) I told you we are in the middle of transition and I have had days where I'm just like, okay, it's everything I can do just to keep from spilling out onto my kids in anger. Because a lot of times it happens for me when things aren't going my way and when things that I value and things that I really care about are actually getting tread on by other people, then I feel justified in lashing out. And that is absolutely not the case. Like, what is anger? Like, I think we all know it's like it's an emotion, but why do we experience it? Yeah, it is an emotion. I think it's an emotional response to either real or perceived injustice. So 
I notice that when I'm angry, it's when I think that I deserve something that I'm not getting or that I don't deserve something that is happening to me. Amen. That is what happened to me yesterday when I took my print that someone graciously gifted to me to TJ Maxx and try to find a frame. And my daughter stepped on it with her muddy shoes and the print was ruined. And I'm like, man, I could not get moved into this house for the life of me. Gosh, in the midst of a move, no less. You know, and just all the effort to get to TJ Maxx in and of itself with three kids. Of course. I was on the verge, I'm not going to lie. And TJ Maxx should just be like, it should be the happiest place. It should not be a place of anger or disappointment. It should just be a place of like sniffing candles. It is a place of anxiety for a mother of young toddlers, for (laughs) sure. Totally. So you're saying that anger is a response. Can you say that one more time? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a response to an emotional response to injustice, whether real or perceived. For me, it's like when I think that something's happening to me that I don't deserve or I'm not getting what I do deserve. So for me, when I got married to my husband, you know, I had I had done everything the right way. And Mm. Philip was the first guy that I ever said I love you to. And he was the first, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just so much. If we had this we had this idyllic courtship and. Everything was supposed to be wonderful because God owed me something. And then I got married and marriage was really hard. And then I got pregnant and I lost my baby. And then my family, who I lived with until I got married, moved across the world. And there was just so many little things that were happening that I was like, I don't deserve this. Like, it really came back to me thinking way too highly of myself. And for me, the anger was a response to pride. Uh, And that's, you know, in my own life. Yeah, I was actually just listening to another podcast and Timothy Keller was quoted. It was something about how anger is so related to like, show me what gets you angry and I'll show you your idols. And that has really been a potent Mm -hmm. quote for me to meditate on as I'm going about this process of trying to settle into a really small space. We like totally downsize Mm -hmm. coming here, 1200 square feet, no garage, no attic, no like closet space, which is why I'm in the teepee. But, you know, all of this and then navigating um, the challenges of like transitioning out of the military and then having three little tiny people. And so I've just seen a lot of my idols unveiled and there's been a lot of transition and things just disrupted, like you said, which I think can just bring out emotion in general. But when we Mm -hmm. feel anger, what is a healthy way to steward that emotion? Like, what would it look like to experience anger? Because it's not wrong, right? To experience anger or is it like, tell me that. Be angry but do not send. And it's always like, okay, how do I separate this emotional reaction from sin? How do I keep from this emotion becoming something that is sinful? And I always think about, I don't know if you have young children. So the Daniel Tiger. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So my son went the other day, my son Langston was, was crying and I was like, what's the matter, Lainey? Are you, are you upset? Are you, are you mad? And Wynn sings that song from Daniel Tiger. And it's like, stop, stop, stop. It's okay to feel angry, but it's not, not, not okay to hurt someone. Yes. And it's so funny because he just sang it like so perfectly. And he was like shaking his finger at Langston like, okay. And he calls him baby, like baby, it's okay to feel angry, but it's not okay to hurt someone. And you're hurting my ears. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm like, oh, wow. That's just okay. When he said that, it just reminded me so much of myself and my capacity to when I feel angry. For me, it's the difference between stopping and assessing that feeling and 
praying through it and saying, mm. Lord, like, how can I productively steward this feeling? First of all, is it justified? Yeah. And then if it is, how can I communicate my anger to the proper people down the proper channels right. in a way that brings glory to you and brings resolution and not in a way that hurts someone or dishonors you by being self-seeking? It's hard. <laughs> It is really, really, really hard. And I don't know, as I'm thinking through it, I've had such a potent experience with it, even just in the last few weeks. I should really think heavily about the topics I'm going to address because they always seem to surface right before I have a call or something like that. But it's been on my mind because I've been struggling with it more. And I think as I process what I'm experiencing, like you said, and as I take it before the Lord, I realize that most of my anger is not justified, like something that um, really has more to do with me than to do with anger about something being done against God. So it's it's more, yeah. more concerned with me than it is with God. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's word. What does it look like to have like a righteous and holy anger? I mean, I think that you hit on it. I want to be careful because I think that things can be done to a person that can rightfully make them angry, but it's not about your own vindication or my own vindication. It's about seeking the Lord's righteousness. And again, like seeking restoration and not seeking to stay in that angry place. Because I know people are always saying like, yeah, I, Jesus flipped over tables in the temple, right? And it's like, do you really think that you're Jesus in that story? Probably he's flipping over the idols that, that you have (laughs) not, (laughs) you're not, you're not the one doing the flipping in the story. Um, That was good. It's just something that I always think about because I'm just like, okay, like that is true. And that, that can, that can be something that can happen. But like you said, most of the time when we feel that anger that might lead us to flip a table, um, I'm not saying that I have or haven't flipped tables in my anger, but (laughs) most of the time when we're feeling that it has a lot more to do with us than it does to do with God. If it does have to do with God, then, you know, the channels that we can go down are channels that lead to restoration and channels that lead to proclamation of the gospel and not channels that lead to just getting things out. Mm. Yeah. I love how you brought out the passage about how Paul in Ephesians says like, get angry, but don't sin in your anger. And then even about Jesus in the temple, like what else does the Bible have to say about anger? A verse that I love, but also don't love because it burns me a lot. (laughs) Um, When it says to be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. Ooh, yes, that is not me. 
Yes. Oh, anger is such a flash for me. There's no slowness about it. It's like, no, I'm mad right now. You should see my face. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was yesterday. That was TJ Maxx. That's me so often. And it's something that I have learned, I think, to take more control of in my life. But it has been a process of like being slow to anger and not letting that spark flash. Because for me and my husband will tell you when I'm pregnant, Mm, the hormones, (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's like I back to the table flipping incident that may or may not have happened. Um, <laughs> my husband was like, you should take a pregnancy test and kids. I kid you not. I took wow. it and I'm very pregnant. And I was like, oh. wow. Oh, <laughs> Okay. That's so interesting. That's actually really helpful to point out, though, that I think for us as women, sometimes hormones do play into these things and they can make it difficult for us to rightly perceive like our surroundings and then the environment around us. Yes. When I found out that I was pregnant with Wynn, I was like in the car and I called a friend of mine back home, an older Titus II friend, and I was like, I'm, I'm leaving my husband. And she was like, wait, why? And I told her what happened and she goes, I, okay, like I, I can see why you're upset, but like leaving like that just seems like that seems really extreme and I was like no no I'm done I'm tired it's my and and she said okay are you are you sure you're not pregnant and I was infuriated yes I was like how wow how dare you I know he is a jerk and I can't wait sorry it was our first anniversary and things just hadn't gone according to plan and I was so like I was so sincerely upset and so sincerely in my car in Minneapolis about to just drive away. And two weeks later I called her and I was like, Hey Amy, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, no, I was pregnant and you were not wrong to ask me that question. And not to say that every time a woman is angry, it's totally, but I have had like every single pregnancy time in our marriage has been like, that's always my first symptom is like irrational irrational rage. Yeah. What are some other ways, like you mentioned that you have learned to be slower to get angry and that you have grown in that. What are some other filters that have kind of helped you or maybe some biblical passages or something like that, that have helped you to slow the pace when you feel yourself moving towards rage? I always just rage is so about that moment it's so about that particular incident and that particular moment. And I find that if I can just get a bird's eye view and get outside of that little moment that is about to make me boil over, it's just enough to help me pull back and put things into perspective. And I tell my son, my son is, he is me, which is great. I love him. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Oh my gosh. My son, my son is so dramatic. He like for his birthday party, he's like snatching toys with other kids. I don't want to, no, don't, don't touch that toy. Okay. Don't touch it. You sit, you sit there, you sit there, you play with this. And I'm like, thanks for coming everyone. It is me. And I can't even, I don't even get mad at, I find like the Lord has given me so much grace for my son. I rarely get mad at him when he has outbursts like that, because every single time I'm like, that is me. I see myself and I tell him all the time when he's like, he's, he'll just be feeling those feelings and he'll be in a huge knot. And I'm just like, Winnie, I know that you're mad. Just take a really deep breath and just feel, just feel it like from your head to your toes and just breathe it, just mm. breathe it out. And 
my husband always makes fun of me because he's like, are you talking to Winnie or are you talking to yourself? <laughs> Sometimes we both need the practice. <laughs> talking to each other. We're just taking a deep breath, taking a step back and trying to get outside of that tiny moment into the bigger picture. Yeah, that's a really wise idea. You know, maybe somebody's listening and they're thinking, I don't really struggle with anger. I don't relate to the TJ Maxx step on the print moment in time. I don't relate to Mm. flipping tables. Mm -hmm. Like what are some ways that we might unknowingly struggle with anger? Yeah. I mean, well, when I think back to who, who and how I was before I got married and how nobody who knew me would say that I struggled with anger and I didn't even know that I struggled with anger, the way that it came out was usually just in this quiet, prideful seething. I didn't have a lot of outbursts. I didn't have a lot of, you know, I I didn't have a lot of outward moments of anger, but I often just felt injustice and I let it, I let it kind of bubble over inside of me and I let it just kind of build up and I didn't address it. And so the anger became bitterness Mm. and the bitterness is more what could probably be more apparent than the anger. And then it's like the anger turned the bitterness and the bitterness sat and festered. And then when I got married, it all came out in anger. And so even if it's, even if it's not these outbursts, the little seeds inside of us can turn to bitterness, can turn to anger, can turn to pride. And all those things are so closely related. Mm -hmm. I feel really nervous and I feel really insecure asking this question. And in fact, I'm so insecure that we may have to totally cut this out. But I am (laughs) so curious from your experience as a woman of color. um, Mm. I can imagine that being a woman of color, being in a group of people that have been marginalized. Mm -hmm. Do you experience like I imagine I experience anger for what has happened to women of color and from women from minority contexts and prejudices and all of these things. But I'm also curious, like I like when you're saying like a bitterness swelling that like those are some of the things I'm thinking about that I'm like, man, I think I if some of the things that as a white woman, I have been largely and and sadly unaware of for a lot of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I just wonder what that experience is like as a woman of color. Like, is that has that been part of your experience of anger in any capacity? It has. It absolutely has. And it's been an interesting experience because growing up in I grew up in majority white context. And so there was a lot of anger or bitterness that I had that I just kind of stuffed because I didn't want to be perceived as, you know, the angry black woman, um, who's always just going around with a chip on her shoulders and just that stereotype that, and so I, I didn't feel like I was allowed to be angry, not even righteously. So Mm. at, at things that had happened to me at things that had happened, um, to my, to my family or in historical context. And, um, the book that I am working on, um, Mother to Son, is letters to my sons on mm-hmm. growing up black in white evangelical culture. And so much of my writing process for that was exploring hmm. those feelings of anger and exploring those feelings of bitterness and really kind of trying to, as best as I could, put them on display in a way that brought glory to God. And there was a lot of grappling and wrestling because being a black woman is not the primary part of my identity, of course. Um, and yet also it is still a huge part of my earthly shell, how I experience life. Um, and doing that in a way that is righteously angry when it's appropriate, but still also gracious and not giving bitterness any kind of foothold. Sometimes that's really hard. 
I think that's really brave. Like I'm sitting here listening to you talk and especially with having children, that would be really scary to, to try and walk into experiencing those emotions and allowing yourself to feel that because man, I would just feel like I don't have the time or capacity. And I think a lot of times when I'm getting angry about something or when something's really rubbing up against me, that's what I'll do. Jasmine is I'll stuff it down because I don't feel like I have the time to address it. But do you think that not allowing ourselves to experience emotion and like stuffing emotion down, like does that play into some of the the way in which we do experience anger and then sin out of our anger or like allow it to like fester and boil over into the lives of others? Yes, there is, I think, a pendulum that can swing. And I've definitely seen it where, you know, we're either on this one side where it's all about emotion and it's all about feeling and it's all about, you know, just getting lost in those feelings and getting all in that mud and just sunning ourselves. And then there's this other side that's just like, all of your emotions are bad. Any feeling that you feel is a distraction from the gospel, shove it. Um, and, but then you look at, you look at David, right. In the Psalms, and you look at Jesus and you see these emotional human beings whose emotions are not, well, of course, in the case of Jesus, never bad. And in the case of David in the Psalms are used to worship God and come before him. And I think that, that the difference is that we are allowed to have those emotions, but they really just need to be taken to the throne of grace and not Mm. taken there. And then God's going to be like, okay, well, I'll just take them away from you. And now you'll never feel anything again. And that's how you can glorify me. But no, like I am taking my emotions to the Lord and he is showing me how to steward them and how to use them to glorify him. He's not telling me to bury them in the backyard in order to bring glory to him, glory to him. He is showing me how to use them to bring glory to him. And I think that that so often gets lost in translation on, you know, both sides of that ditch. I definitely see that. I especially see that in my life with kids and I'm trying really hard to draw out of this season because I know we're both moms and there are a lot of women who are listening that mm-hmm. aren't moms. How do we know when we're sinning in our anger? Like what red flags, <laughs> if we are prone to experiencing anger, sometimes I'm like sitting there examining it and I'm like, was that, was that sin or not? It's hard to know sometimes. What are some key things that will help us know when we are actually walking in sin? For me, it's, where is it taking me? Is it taking me towards reconciling with the person that I'm angry with? Is it taking me towards prayer to help transform my heart or to help transform the heart of the person that's hurting me? Is it taking me towards care for another person or is it just taking me deeper and deeper into myself and deeper and deeper into this pit of where it's just swelling inside of me and not doing anything that is useful or God glorifying? Because anger so often moves us to action. So it's like, well, what kind of action is happening? Absolutely. That's a really helpful distinction. So what is a right response if we realize that we have actually been sinning in our anger? Like as you're talking, I'm thinking about instances in which I have been angry and maybe the anger is justified, but that anger and the way in which I reacted to the situation actually led me to isolation and to bitterness, like you said, as opposed to leading me towards reconciliation with the other party or whatever it is. So what 
is a right response if we have made the mistake that I have made. <laughs> yeah, and that I've made so many times. Um, <laughs> my poor husband and his emotional battle scars. Oh. Um, the answer to anything in the Christian life, right? Repentance and faith, repentance mm. and belief, like repentance to God, repentance to the person who we've sinned against and belief that God is at work in our lives because of the sacrifice mm-hmm. of his son to continually conform us to his image and to continually help us to be angry and not sin and not get angry when it's not for a righteous cause and knowing that that's just a process. And so often I want to just skip the process. Yeah, I don't like the process. It's really hard. Same age. I don't know how you feel about being pregnant. I hate being pregnant. Not one of those cute pregnant people. I'm like, let's just, this process... (laughs) process we want to just but the process is part of it like the process movement and growing you know Uh, all part of it and even though it's not my favorite process god does give so much grace in that process and grows and cultivates so much in that process i mean even yesterday when the print thing happened like a million things went through my brain and that's that sounds I mean, yes, it is very, very trite, but it's, it was a culminating moment in time. I don't need to justify the reality, but I thought to myself when I realized when I looked at the print and it had a footprint, a big fat footprint on it, I thought to myself, okay, self, you are tempted right now to walk in anger and you need to take some deep breaths. And I'm telling you, man, it feels like I am like wrestling with myself internally and you just have to look to the spirit and what you're saying about like the Lord being glorified. And and it's just, it's amazing how you can glorify him. And it's just such a personal thing. Nobody even has to know about it. Now I even am sad that I'm even saying it out loud because I'm like, it was such a personal intimate thing between me and the Lord where by his grace and by the power of the Holy spirit, he enabled me to walk in righteousness and not to sin in my anger. And that's only by God's grace because I have walked in a totally different way. I could tell you lots of little tiny examples in the last three weeks. And I've had Mm -hmm. to sit with my kids and tell Mm -hmm. them, mommy, I do not like the way that I have been reacting to you. Will you please forgive me? I'm so thankful for a savior who is able to offer us reconciliation because of what he's done for us through his death. And I absolutely hate that I am hurting you with my sin. And my kids have been Mm -hmm. so gracious. They're so sweet. My my little baby, she's uh, three and she looked at me yesterday. She goes, it's okay, mommy. I still play with you. (laughs) So I have felt pretty low. I'm not going to lie. In the last couple of weeks, there's some moments where you can feel a lot of shame if you have reacted in anger, right? Because it's like, you don't want to do that to the people that you love, especially. And a lot of times, at least in my experience, they're the people who get the brunt of it from me. Absolutely. So how does the gospel meet us there, Jasmine? How does the gospel meet us in our anger? And how does the reality that Jesus came live perfectly, that he bled, that he died, that he rose again? How does that redeem the reality that we so frequently wrestle with sinning in our anger? Yeah, I mean, he did anger perfectly, as impossible as it seems, as impossible as it is, as it seems for me to be angry and not sin, Jesus already did that. As impossible as it seems for me not to let bitterness grow in my heart, Jesus already did that. And if anyone who has ever walked this earth should have struggled. Oh my with goodness. Anger, 
it would absolutely be the righteous son of God who was watching the people who he spoke into existence. Like he is the word. We exist because of the power of the word and watching those people who he created go astray and watching them not recognize him for who he was and watching them totally miss the message of the gospel. He still did anger so perfectly. And because of that, it, a couple of things, it, it gives us hope because mm. he doesn't just leave us in our mess and in, in our struggle. He is conforming us to his image. Praise God. And also, secondly, when we do falter, um, he's already paid the penalty mm. for the sin that he did not commit. Oh man, it's so much hope that when God looks on us, um, Emily Jensen in this series, she said like in kind of the the courtroom of heaven, I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but she was like, he sees the perfect record of his son. And that's just mm-hmm. really cool to think about the way that you described. Obviously the hope that we have is Jesus, but right, if we right. struggle with unrighteous and sinful anger, which I collect myself into that we, like mm-hmm. I struggle with that. What hope do I have, Jasmine? And this hope that by his grace, it's not something that you always have to be ruled by. You may always struggle with it, but you don't have to be ruled by it because your king is your king is Christ. Yes. So even as you struggle, he still has lordship in your life and lordship over that anger. That changes everything. And then also just that hope that you are not defined by that anger. You're defined by mm-hmm. Christ who walked perfectly on this earth. And so that moment of faltering, um, while it does grieve God, it's already been paid for. Mm, man, it just humbles you, right? It's yeah. like, yes, yes. Oh, I am so unworthy. And yet he loves me because he loves me. Oh, tell me this when you screw up, <laughs> not making any assumptions, but you did mention the flip table. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe that happened. Maybe that didn't. I haven't. <laughs> So what do you do to talk to yourself? How do you preach the gospel to yourself after you have had a low moment? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's hard because it's, it is a humbling thing to be an adult person who just threw a, like a serious hissy fit, like a real one. My poor wide eyed husband is like, Whoa, (laughs) who did I marry? Oh man. (laughs) So it has, it's been so humbling. It's such a microcosm of my relationship with God because Philip has seen me at my worst. I'm saying, yeah, not because of you, but because I'm thinking of my own things. Yes. And he (laughs) still loves me. And there's nothing that I have. I mean, when we put the scale, you know, when we put all my good works towards Philip on, on scale and all my bad works, the bad works side probably wins by double but he still loves me Mm. and it humbles me. Sometimes, sometimes it angers me. I'm like, why do you love me? That doesn't make any sense. But it's such an opportunity to humble myself and to ask for forgiveness from him and to talk to him and to take the pregnancy test and see what's up. And also (laughs) just to, just to remind myself that that's God, God loves me like that, regardless, regardless of what I do. And that's hard for me. I I like to earn my love. I like to earn my keep. 
part of why I asked you to do this is I read somewhere, I think it was in your bio that you kind of struggle with some older brother tendencies and that is like a hundred percent me. So I know these older brothers out here, they got to struggle with anger, even if it's silent. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you feel like you've earned it. And I think that a lot of like that anger that I feel like is justified comes from me working really, really hard and then something getting in the way and me feeling really angry, angry about whatever that thing is. And then I just have to take a lot of steps back and be like, whoa, 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 I do not deserve what I, what I think I deserve in this moment. In yeah. fact, I deserve a whole lot of opposite. <laughs> just that humbling. Humility is so often the antidote to unrighteous anger. That's been a huge theme actually for this whole series on redemption because so much of what we've talked about can relate to just not having a right view of yourself and thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. That's really helpful for me. God has been humbling me and it has been painful. That means I have a lot of pride. <laughs> oh, oh, same. I relate to that for sure. Yeah, but that's really encouraging what you pointed out just about how we can look forward to what God has promised. He will bring the work that he began in us through to its completion. And so that looks like us sinning less and less, though I do think we probably become more and more aware of our sin. (laughs) For sure. So we won't be prideful in that. Do you have any (laughs) practical tips for those of us who struggle with anger What else? I know you talked about just giving it some time, remembering that a good night's rest does the body good. Um, But what's been helpful for you in this area as you fight against sin? So really keeping um, keeping myself in the word, uh, which with two little children, I will be so honest, I do not do it as much as I should. And I notice, and I notice when I do that and, you know, the two kids that that's, that's not at all an excuse. Cause let me tell you, like I find time to watch, to watch my shows and to watch my YouTube videos so I can find time to get in the word, but doing those things that feed my soul, um, just reminding myself of who I am and who God is. Those are a huge part of diminishing those feelings of anger. I feel like I struggle with anger most when I feel really pressed for time. That's when I start to rush around, like with this whole getting the house set up thing, the theme that you're seeing. (laughs) When I feel pressed for time, I am more likely not to spend time in the word and then more likely to sin in my anger as a result. And I had to remind myself of that last night, even though I feel like all my time is stretched so thin. This is the most valuable use of the very little time that I do have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you have any resources or any other tips, tricks, things that you would recommend for someone who's listening that really wants to grow in their understanding of their anger or kind of grow in walking in righteousness in this area? Um, There's a book by Henry Cloud, Changes That Heal, and it has been pivotal in kind of understanding where my anger came from. that pride, that oldest son mentality, mm-hmm. and just really helping me to take practical steps to own those parts of myself. And I don't mean own like, eh, it's just who I am, whatever, like take it or leave it, but own them like, no, this is my sin. Right. I can't blame anybody else. We for need this. to repent. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So this is my sin. This is my struggle. Now, what do I do with it? And it's a really good practical 
guy, my therapist recommended it. Um, I'm a really quick reader. I'm a, I read about 900 words a minute. <gasps> You've timed yourself. That's so interesting. I have. I have. I as a teacher. A, uh, yeah, as a teacher. You know, yeah. teachers just they take their, they take their yeah, quizzes. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally and normal. That's like, that's like a book a day. <laughs> like I used to read a book a day in, for my job in college. I was a research assistant. That's so cool. I love to read as well. That's a good, good, helpful read. And you know, when you said that just admitting like that, this is a struggle, I hesitate to admit that I struggle with anger because so many people have different thoughts about what anger looks like. You know, you think an angry person's like yelling and screaming, like road raging, and some may struggle with anger in that capacity. But I feel like it's a really vulnerable thing to admit that you struggle with anger. Do you feel that way? And that's not even always how it comes out. You're totally right. Cause sometimes it's exactly, I mean, even, even for me who has had those moments of yesterday over the road and I was like, look, are you going to, which lane, what are we going to do? Sometimes that's how it comes out. But I, I would even say that most often for me, it comes out in those little like inward. Yeah. My girlfriends, when I first became a mom, I won't say her name, but she told me that she was having to have a tooth replaced and she's the sweetest, nicest person that I know no one would ever think she struggled with anger, but she said, I found myself getting so frustrated with my kids that I grit my teeth when I'm so mad and that my front tooth is actually dead because I've killed it. And that gave me a lot of freedom because I was like, okay, I think I would have thought you're doing the right thing, like just by silencing yourself. But she was humble enough to acknowledge that she was still walking in sin, even though it wasn't outward. That was just really freeing for me to be able to acknowledge that even though my anger doesn't manifest itself in yelling and screaming, though, I actually have done that. I, ha I like for the first three years of mothering, I feel like I lived in pride because I was like, I've never screamed. And I could tell a story about driving down I-35 in Texas and I did let a little yell out the mouth. I mean, if, uh, mm -hmm. a, a fear and fatigue and stress will do a lot. And Oh, they will. Yeah, I, I have been humbled. <laughs> and so long story short, it can look a lot of different ways. And I think it's really, I just think, like you said, it's so humble to acknowledge when we struggle with it. And then it's so helpful because then we're able to talk about it with other sisters in the faith. And then people can hold you accountable and point you to truth whenever you've failed. And when you have sinned, all that to say, I appreciate you just acknowledging that it's hard to admit. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. But that, that book is excellent. And also like just the, um, being a really fast reader, I thought that I was going to burn through it. It took me several weeks to read it because it was just like, oh, conviction. Oh, OK. All right. That is exactly how I felt with uh, David Pallison's book, Anger. I haven't read that one. Working my way through it. OK. Any other resources? I can think of. I mean, honestly, my best resources have been just people who are aware of the struggle and are able to hold me accountable and pray for me. My husband. Tours. Um, just people who can be like, Hey, how are you doing with this? Flip to the tables lately. You know, need that. <laughs> if I were a table flipping person, you know, they would ask me that. <laughs> uh, I love that. Well, it just, it ministers to me that you would be so open as to talk about it with us. So thank you so much. I think raw, honest conversations between girlfriends, that's definitely one of my simple joys, mm. but I'd love to hear what are three of yours? Three. Okay. My boys right now are at such 
amazing ages. I am so enjoying Aww. just getting to know them and spending time with them. How um, old is Wynn? Wynn is three. Okay, yes. He's it's such a cute age. It's so fun. It's so fun. He tells me, you're my best friend. And I'm just like, oh, that's so precious. my best friend. <laughs> the second thing is my plants. Oh, I, I saw those. I'm yeah. so jealous of those. I really aspire to be like a trendy plant mom, but I'm just not there. I just don't know if I can take care of one more living thing. Oh, Let's no, be I real. Get that. I get that. And I think it's my like control issues coming out because like my babies, you know, I can do so. I can do so much, but they have their little personalities and they're just going to they're going to do what they're going to do. And my plants, I'm like, no, you are this kind of plant. This is what you need here. Okay. <laughs> oh, that is so great well they're absolutely beautiful Thank and you. i like aspire to be a plant mom but i know they would all just die and so i'm just saving myself the money right. and the anger it's all right it's and it, it's already it's a challenge anger is already a challenge for us we got to choose our battles i totally get that Completely. embracing my limitations yes. and walking in humility yes, right here for sure <laughs> All right. What's your third simple joy? Uh, my third simple joy is we had just moved into um, our first home. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. We moved here in, let's see, at the end of April. Okay. And so we're finally feeling settled in and it's been so great. Um, my students are going to come over next weekend. We just finished reading holes. So we're going to watch a movie and I, I, have, oh. I have space for them to come over and hang out. My, my husband has an office that we can work in together. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been so nice and cozy. So it's been a joy just to be able to come home or wake up in my bed in my home and um, definitely a daily dose of joy. That is awesome. And it's just really fun because that's something that I think a lot of people take for granted. And so it's like, yeah. wow, like, yes, like that's the way I feel about living in New Hampshire right now where you walk outside and there's just so much aesthetic beauty uh, and you and I both coming yes. from like the Texas context. Yes. I'm like, I promise myself I will never get used to this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I imagine you feel the same way about your house. Like, I don't lose do. the luster. Yes, yes, <laughs> I totally do. Oh, well, Jasmine, it's really, really been a joy to get to talk to you. And I can tell there's just been a legacy of faith that's gone before you. I've read about the influence of the godly men that you have in your life and your dad. And I would just love to hear from you. It doesn't have to be one of them, but who is it that's poured into you as someone else who loves Jesus, who's had the greatest impact on your own journey with Jesus? Mm, the greatest impact. I mean, it probably would be my parents and Honestly, just it's something that I grew up taking for granted growing up in a Christian home, growing mm -hmm. up with, you know, a dad who's a preacher or, you know, this homeschool mom who's just amazing. But honestly, they've been just a huge shaping influence in my life. And they, they have really given me the ability to own my own journey of faith and to just kind of chart my own course as I follow the Lord. So many people ask me questions because um, my dad has kind of a big personality and a big platform and people are like, oh, mm -hmm. what does your dad think about this? Because you have a different opinion about this or what does your dad think about that? I, I'm honestly just he has given me so much freedom to chase after the Lord. Like I have not had to I have never had to sacrifice our relationship to do what I felt the Lord was calling me to do. And that is huge. That's absolutely tremendous. Mm -hmm. And it's such an encouragement just to get to see how that plays itself out. And I am just so grateful for 
the way in which you have been so vulnerable with us today. And I'm personally encouraged. I'm really kind of bummed. I didn't realize it had already been like close to 50 plus minutes know, that we've been chatting. <laughs> it's been great to get to connect with you. Thanks for joining us on Thank the show. Thank you so much for having me. Man, I hope you guys found that conversation with Jasmine as encouraging and challenging as I did. We pray it's helpful for you as you seek to submit your anger to the Lord and not sin and to live in light of redemption. You can find all the details on what we talked about along with other helpful stuff like discussion questions and recommended resources over in the show notes at journeywomenpodcast.com. Don't forget, this is part of a series. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. Thanks so much to all of you guys who supported us by purchasing a shirt last week. If you missed the pop-up shop, we hope to do it again in the future, and we're going to let you know through all of our social media channels. So go give us a follow at Journey Women Podcast. So you know this episode was edited by Chris Mann and the Pod Shaper team. Hey, it's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week. Hey.